1: Do you know that when you buy Tide Pods and Downy Liquid Fabric Enhancer at Target, the biggest size is the best price? That means keeping your clothes looking great for longer and saving money. Tide tackles all your tough stains and Downey protects your clothes from stretching, fading, and fuzz. Find Tide and Downey large size laundry items at Target. Versus other sizes of same product at Target based on Target's list price per ounce slash pack as of 12-13-2021. Join the BD team in Columbus, Nebraska. We're hiring for multiple positions with sign-on bonus eligibility. Our comprehensive benefits plan starts for all employees on their first day, including low- or no-cost insurance plans for select positions, career growth opportunities, and more. BD is made for what's next in health and your career. Apply today at jobs.bd.com. That's jobs.bd.com. But the teachers are
0: alive. They're not books. They are the very living essences of nature itself. What a
1: strange person! Unbelievably powerful supercomputer that's running our reality,
2: and we don't have a clue as to how to operate it. So, when maybe you or somebody else creates an AGI system, you get to ask her one question. What would that question be? What's outside the simulation? Say
3: in your mind, say to yourself.
2: Am more than my physical body because I am more than physical matter. I
3: Casting live from Daytona Beach, Florida, this is Lighting the Void. I'm your host, Joe Roop, and we are live on Fringe.fm. It's Tuesday night, June the 14th on the end of the 15th. Special guest and new Fringe FM family member, Andre Middy, is here with us tonight. We're going to talk about some deep exploration into the world of the Psychonaut and Conscious Explorer, host of Ascension of the Chessman. First time on the show, we're definitely going to go into the void. Tonight, the call in number is 1 800 335, and those phone lines are going to be open all night. We got the five line system, so you can call in anytime you want. Got to keep the announcement going. Jess Rogie's is going to be the new late, late host here on The Fringe FM starting June the 20th. We're trying to spread that all over social media. So if you guys can help us spread the news, spread it around, help us out jess has worked her ass off to get to this point and uh we're trying to get everything together for for her right now um thank you guys for bearing with me last night talking about the tarot and the kabbalah and all that stuff that was fun i appreciate it thank you and all the archives are up too the only one that's not up is the uh is uh, jeff's show which i'll be working on tonight before we go to sleep join the discord at fringe.fm and hang out with all the cool people so Andre Mitty's here with us tonight. I've been—I've really wanted to talk to this guy because he reminds me so much, honestly, of myself when I started doing this. He's just a guy to me that seems like he wants to answer the big questions, and not only that, in my mind, is a void walker as well because he's willing to do the work. He's willing to walk the walk and talk the talk, and we'll get into that too. He's here with us, but his show is. Uh, ascension of the chessman, which seeks to rise with love above duality and division and he says together we will awaken into greatness seeing each other as divine reflections and i couldn't agree more what's up andre long time going on, finally get to talk to you man it's cool to have you
2: so so happy to be here brothers truly an honor uh thank you for having me i'm looking forward to this so you uh
3: I've listened to your show, right? And I started actually at the beginning and listened to some of the shows and you just go right out the gate, which I commend anybody that does this stuff. It's a little nerve wracking once you start a podcast, but once you get going, it's like, screw it, right? Like I got to ask these questions and you started asking like big questions, you know, like what's God, why are we here? What's this thing all about? And then started having guests on your show and man, it really just made me think, because i started doing this in 2015 or 2016 you your show made me remember like what what that was like you know starting this whole thing and yeah. dude i miss it honestly you know every time i hear your show it makes me miss all that stuff so yeah thanks man thanks for coming on
2: hey that's truly an honor man <laughs> like i said dude like and that's that's why i leave those up there it's just uh, for new listeners to like, go back and look where I started just to show them like anything's possible, like anything you set your mind to, like you can definitely do it. Like the only, the only one holding you back in life is yourself. And, uh, once you get out of your own way and, uh, actually do the work, like you were saying, um, that's when the rubber meets the road, you know, and the journey really gets started. Cause you, you really, chasing your dreams, if you will, or following your passion, you know? Right. And I was always having these conversations, and uh, to be able to get to do it on a regular basis now is a dream come true for me. Well, we're happy to have you here, too. And we have you on the station. We play your show as well on the Fringe
3: FM. And, uh, you know, as a as a new family member to the Fringe, I want to say welcome, but also you have done something that I haven't done. Like, okay, we'll we'll just jump right into this thing. Yeah. It's been a while since I've done any kind of psychedelics. I did them. I tried dimethyltryptamine when I was in New York, but I think I just fouled it all up because I was real nervous the first time and I was with my friend Chuck and I think we just burned it way too fast. And I took yeah. two big hits like, like I really couldn't hold in. I tried with everything and I kind of felt, I felt the only thing that I felt like I was moving through a screen door That's what it felt Mm -hmm. like, almost like a screen door started moving away from me. And I thought, this is why they say this isn't a drug, right? Because (laughs) if you were dying, this is definitely what it would probably feel like. You know, that's what I started thinking. Like, this is definitely (laughs) what death would, because I couldn't even move my body. I couldn't do anything, you know. So have you, have have you tried that dimethyltryptamine before? Have you done it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, um, that was like my third psychedelic experience. Um, you know, randomly got offered it. It just kind of fell in my lap and, uh, you know, my first time I didn't really break through. I mean, I seen some faces moving around in a Bob Marley poster I had in my room and, uh, it was like all these faces moving around within Bob Marley. And I was like, holy (laughs) shit, that dude's powerful. Yeah, But like, it wasn't like a huge major breakthrough. I think it was just like scratching the surface, if you will. Um, my, my first experience was on LSD in high school. Um, I, I, uh, I, I had gotten offered it and honestly, like I, I, I was the type of person, man. I, I made a promise to myself at a young age, like I was gonna stay away from the big three, Coke, heroin, and meth. And uh I just oh, knew I had yeah, I knew I, I knew I had an uh, addictive personality and I didn't want to fall into that trap with either of those three. And uh so that's kind of what kept my nose clean in that way. But LSD intrigued me, um, just based on uh, the Beatles having a song about it called "Lucy the Sky with Diamonds," connecting those dots, and uh, also uh, Doc Ellis, the Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher, had thrown a no hitter while on LSD. Oh and yeah! I, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, right? Yeah, how's that even this. possible? Yeah. yeah. So it just kind of intrigued me, like in that way, because you know. I'd I'd never heard this about these harder drugs, but yet like I had tried weed up to this point and weed had, you know, given me that state of inner peace, you know, just kind of got me to question, think outside of the box. Like I loved uh, the experience, the experiences that I had had with it up to that point. So that's kind of what led me to try LSD just based on the whole association with, you know, cannabis culture and the hippie movement and everything. So they kind of all tied together, which that led me to other plant medicines. Um, you know, like a breakthrough though, when you were in high school. I did not. Uh, that first time, I just remember a lot of laughing, literally like my stomach yeah, killing right. me. From just laughing so hard. And uh, you know, laughter is great medicine. So I I can't say like it didn't serve a purpose. I mean, it was definitely a good release. And later on, um, I would learn that, you know, laughing is a form of purging in those experiences. Like you're releasing energy uh in a good way. And
3: um Yeah, so you that, can't that was... help but laugh, right? Like you you can't <laughs> help but just like laugh. Until it becomes right. insane. And everything. Right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just remember uh, we were up pretty late that night, you know, thinking like, are we going to be like this forever? Like, uh, are we never going to be normal again? Like, yeah. are we ever going to be able to go to sleep? Like, I had never felt like that before so i didn't know what to expect we didn't really know what we were doing we were just kind of dipping our toes in and um you know (laughs) didn't really plan it out didn't set any intentions like didn't didn't treat it like a spiritual retreat or anything like that was just kind of you know recreationally trying it that first time and um, so the first time wasn't like a huge breakthrough on l s d and then later on, oh probably a year later, I would try mushrooms for the first time, and that was a uh, eye opening experience as far as um just like how not to use them <laughs> and, uh uh you know, we were sitting there watching um these like psychedelic trip videos on youtube that would make you trip if you were sober you know what i mean like optical illusions and shit and uh two hours had gone by or so you know mouth just drooling watching these trip videos mouth breathing yeah yeah and i just i thought we were done tripping because it hits you in waves so me and my buddy drove back uh to where we were staying like probably a 30, 40 minute drive. And it was one of the craziest drives of my life. And, uh, I, I learned that day, like, uh, yeah, don't think the mushrooms are done after two hours. Like, yeah, they're <laughs> there's not definitely done. in those, those times where you feel like, all right, it's over now and it keeps going. And <laughs> we didn't realize that until we were already on the road. And it was crazy, man. A good friend of mine, he was, uh, it was a bad thunderstorm that night and we were out on the back porch. It was just pitch black, you know, just like a scene out of a horror movie and me uh, and my buddy. Like we're just talking and it's, it's a really dark setting already. And he's like telling me about his dad that committed suicide and Why know, you're on
3: mushrooms. He's saying, he's yeah. talking about this stuff.
2: Oh no. Yeah. No. And I'm like, God damn, like this was a rough ex- mushroom experience. So after that experience, man, I was kind of, um, you know, disinterested for a while, or at least like taking a step back, like, all right, like I've, I've been there, done that. Now let's, let's wait to come back to them till the time is right type of feel. And I just stuck to cannabis and, uh, for a long time. And then, um, you know, I was, uh, really seeking at this time. Um, so after that LSD experience, uh, that first journey, uh i had my senior pictures the next morning and like i said i didn't realize you know we'd be up all night so i didn't prepare like oh shit my pupils are going to be huge the next <laughs> <Yes. day." laughs> so you got like so,
3: vampire black pupils in your you know your senior picture yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so so, yeah, so this is but this is what you know i think a lot of people talk about and they say well you know like if you do psychedelics it's not spiritual. You're just looking for a reason to do drugs and, and whatever, right? So people believe that. But with, uh, but That's I think thought, yeah. it's, you were in high school. You were a kid. And most kids, right, do this stuff uh, for recreational purposes or just plain old right. curiosity, you know. Uh, yeah. But you were talking about how you were seeking. So I would imagine at some point, you know, like it's usually around the age of 21 or, or somewhere around there, early twenties is when you start kind of asking big questions, you know,
2: did, yeah, when, totally did that happen right. for you? Yeah, man. So really it started, um, I would say, Oh, really when I started smoking cannabis my senior year, um, you know, pretty heavy, I guess, daily use. And, um, you know, we were always having, you know, deep conversations, Um, you know, all these bigger questions were coming up throughout the conversations. And uh, we were, we uh, watched this documentary called the union, the business behind getting high came out in like 2007, I think 2008. Um, I saw it in 2010. And uh, that's what really woke me up to um, just realizing that okay, like now it makes more sense, like why the world is the way it is. Like there is private interests, like keeping like world changing society, changing solutions, you know, a secret or, you know, just completely keeping it the way it is to keep their pockets big, you know, like just petty shit that continues. And, uh, so that documentary just kind of woke me up to, um, realizing, the potential that hemp had as an industrial product i'm i mean i'm talking concrete to make houses insulation um field to run cars um uh, henry ford had a uh, a model made made with hemp plastics combined with um, flax and other other, uh, plant-based, uh, alternatives to, you know, petroleum-based plastics, which the, the Rockefellers, you know, had, um, made into this power monopoly at the time. Uh And, uh, you know, just realizing all this, like the Popular Mechanics uh, magazine article about hemp would be the new billion dollar crop just before it was made illegal, along with marijuana and all the racist ties, um, you know, prohibition had to make that happen based on all the propaganda that was put out. Um So, so, you're, that's what, so that was
3: your first experience of like the big conspiracy, right? The big. Oh, yeah. yeah this is all about money and power and bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I. That that makes you start asking some big questions too, right? It gets a little scary when you start waking up to that.
2: You know? <laughs> yeah, dude. I was like, wait a minute. So, like, this is, like, the most useful plant known to man, and it's illegal. Like, uh, this should be grown everywhere. This should be utilized to its full potential everywhere. And the fact that no one was talking about it and people looked at me funny for bringing it up, I'm like, how couldn't you be curious about this? Like, what's stopping you? And that quickly made me realize like, oh, this is this is a real problem. And like most people aren't even aware it's a problem, let alone that a problem exists. Um, So, yeah, just questioning early on at that point. And there is another documentary uh, called The Transcendent Man. Uh, about ray kurzweil who was trying to resurrect his his father from the dead and bring him back through ai and um, oh, yeah, I remember all that this one. technology yeah that shit blew my mind and you know him thinking we're going to be able to live forever by like 2042 or something he still, like that. He
3: still believes in that the singularity right. all that stuff right. right man it's it's pretty crazy too so uh, yeah, yeah. uh so uh that that's kind of corresponds with what happened to me when I was in my 20s, like having asking all these questions and start having panic attacks. Cause you realize, Oh, I'm not safe. Like, right. I can't depend on anybody. That's when you first, <laughs> that's when you first realize you, you're not safe. Right. And you can't depend on the system or anybody else to, right? you know, and I think that 100%. fear kind of leads us into a, a bigger spiritual journey. Right. So, uh, when did you have like your first spiritual like breakthrough experience though
2: yeah so um just to kind of lay some more foundation um so i i was born and uh, baptized lutheran obviously without my choice like (laughs) you're not (laughs) as a baby you can't freely choose like i'm gonna become a lutheran uh please pour some water over my head and you know now I'm now I'm baptized and uh so that was that was what I was raised in and then we switched over to a evangelical church and uh it turns out um they they essentially like had a voting committee on who were the members of their church so they could kick people out and let people in and that type of thing so we ended up leaving that church and my brother got in some trouble in his youth. And uh, so my parents sent us both to Catholic school after going to public school before that. And uh, so from sixth grade to 12th grade, when I graduated, uh, I went to a Catholic school with uniforms and, you know, priests as religion teachers and nuns as well. And, um, yeah, it was uh, a very sheltered um you know, kind of stuck in a bubble uh, way of growing up um, in the church, I I would say. And um, so that's just as these questions were coming up, you know, as I was saying earlier with cannabis and, uh, you know, digging into the rabbit hole of the Catholic church and all the massive pedophilia and, um, you know, just finding out like, oh, shit, like my, my teachers, like the leaders of my churches could potentially be just pedophiles getting shuffled around, uh, without ever getting charged with the crime, like a normal citizen, like you and I would, So, some more you know.
3: stuff of not feeling safe. Right.
2: right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah. And so, um, at that point, like after I graduated high school and even before then I was like, yeah I just don't fit in with this. like I don't agree with like telling my deepest, darkest secrets to a man in a black and white cloak, and that's just you know I've
3: always wanted to do that
2: right? proclaiming yeah proclaiming to be a middleman to God. It's like, come on <laughs> but I've always
3: <laughs> wanted to do creepy. that. I think I'm going to do that sometime. Like, go to <laughs> a, one of the because I've never done it, like go to one of those Catholic booths and just tell them just the darkest stuff about me just to see if yeah. i can get him to run out of there you know
2: <laughs> be a good youtube video
3: <laughs> yeah i just want to see what's it, like what are you like who are you to absolve me of my sins or tell me what to do right but didn't don't right. lutherans be- believe that the only thing that absolves you of your sins is god right so that's kind of crazy that you went from lutheran to catholic like that
2: right yeah so it, it was kind of crazy man like to put things in perspective too my my dad my dad was a democrat uh, in a majorly republican community. Uh my my mom was a uh republican, so they grew up from totally different backgrounds. She grew up on a farm, he grew up in the city. Um so they were just two different people. Um they ended up getting divorced. Of course um, they did. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's how it goes. Uh that was like 6 years ago, but you know my my dad um broke his neck um in a diving accident when he was 15 so he's been in a wheelchair his whole life oh. so that's that's the kind of environment i was raised in too like a dad in a wheelchair you know didn't didn't have the privileges a lot of kids had to you know do the things with their dad but he did he did everything he could for me and you that know sucks, i'm thankful bro.
3: that's cool though that he yeah, i mean that he still was a good dad to you like going through that though you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's always been there for me and, uh, always been supportive. So I'm thankful. Um, you know, uh, a lot of parents aren't like that in the sense of, you know, allowing their kids to be them and not trying to direct them, um, you know, direct their lives and kind of play out, you know, their lost hopes and dreams into their kids' lives. And, um, my dad's never really judged me and always supported me in, in my decision-making, um, you know, tell me what he thinks, but also being like, um, you know, I, I see, this is what you want to do in life and this is your pat, what you're passionate about. So I fully support you and does he support
3: um, your, your podcasting?
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's been very, um, complimentary about what I've been doing and he's always telling me, keep up the good work and um yeah it's 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 awesome to uh be accepted in that way what about what about your
3: what about your uh your your use of psychedelics does he support that
2: yeah it's 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 been an eye-opening experience um I mean (laughs) um you know my parents were very uh strict growing up in a sense I mean not horribly strict but pretty fucking strict I mean i couldn't go to r-rated movies to like oh freshman sophomore year yeah that's, like, what, that's how
3: my dad was too i couldn't watch the simpsons when i was a kid
2: either you know? could i i i i couldn't play like uh mature rated video games like i had to uh trade my buddy for grand theft auto to even get my hands on it and like play it <laughs> when they were not home like, <laughs> You know the drill. So, Uh,
3: naturally, what is it? When you stifle children like that, what are they going to do? They're going to get curious, right? So,
2: right. Yeah.
3: I mean, I get that. So, I, so. Join the
1: BD team in Columbus, Nebraska. We're hiring for multiple positions with sign-on bonus eligibility. Our comprehensive benefits plan starts for all employees on their first day, including low- or no-cost insurance plans for select positions, career growth opportunities, and more. BD is made for what's next in health and your career. Apply today at jobs.bd.com. That's jobs.bd.com.
2: How old are you now, right now? I just turned 30. You're uh, 30 May years 13th. old. Yep.
3: And you've had a breakthrough experience, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, sorry. I keep No, no, no. Track. No,
3: it's good. I, I want to get the foundation of this because this is what makes for a good story, right? Because we need to know how you grew up. Dude, you grew up kind of like I did. My my dad was a Democrat, too, and a Republican town right which is hard because yeah. come election week everybody's throwing rocks at your driveway or whatever you know like right. that's kind of how it was to where i grew up but um my dad still believed in the, like what's called a and he still does for some reason a, a southern democrat which doesn't really oh, wow. uh exist anymore you know like right. <laughs> they're, they're they're not around i didn't
2: know there was a thing <laughs> yeah like he
3: still thinks that there's these old things called southern democrats that are for the working men and i'm like yeah i know they're oh god. <laughs> they're gone, right? So if they're not putting solar panels up or trying to vaccinate you all the time, right? So one of the two. Right. But um right. yeah. So when we come back, dude, I want to hear about your your breakthrough experience, if we can. That would be cool, man. And uh love to get into it. We're here with Andre Mitty, host of Ascension of the Chess Man, it also airs on fringe.fm and with Alt Media United. Call in number for tonight, it's one eight hundred-five eight eight zero three three five. From Lutheran to Catholic to Psychonaut to host of Ascension of the Chessmen. We'll be right back. I'm Clyde Lewis. You are- Andre Mitty's here with us, host of Ascension of the Chessmen. He's telling us we're getting to his breakthrough experience here, but he has to give us the religion, but the religious background, and I think there's a reason for this, right? So we went from Lutheran to Catholic. You know, I told you I grew up Baptist, and uh, Baptist is like the most boring church you can go to. By the way, sorry if you're listening and you're a Baptist, but you know, I'm you know it's right.
2: You haven't been to a Catholic church, bro. I'm telling you. I can't, well, you know, I'm. I'd, that uh, being a, a ceremonial magician,
3: I love that stuff too. Though, right? But then yeah. you know, it gets mundane after a while if you keep doing the same stuff. But that's what ritual, ritual right. does. So did you? Right. But, so we've already done the first like psychedelic experiences. We went from Lutheran church, we went to uh, Catholic church. Somehow or another, you got to Pentecostal, right? That's what, yeah. Things start getting crazy, and when you get to Pentecostal, because I went that route too. You know. Yeah did you, how did you end up there?
2: Yeah, dude. So I was, I was searching out, like I said, I was watching a lot of videos. Um, my, my, my buddy actually, um, one day he showed me this video about something about regarding the Illuminati and, uh, he, he's, he, he showed me it as a joke and he's like, yeah, people actually believe this shit. Like I got a buddy that's really into this. And you know, he just laughed it off and I'm sitting there thinking, like, wait a minute, like, what is this shit? And so I, I, I went down an endless rabbit hole after that. So that kind of got me going as far as like the conspiratorial side, um, along with those documentaries I mentioned earlier. Did you did and- you
3: ever go to um as a Pentecostal, like, did you ever go to those conventions? No, no, I didn't, <laughs> dude. You know when you know how in church when people put up their hands and they're all oh yeah, like it, like going in tongues and going crazy, right? If you yeah. go to a convention where it's like a massive stadium full of people doing that, it's the eeriest thing you'll ever like feel in your life. I've already, I'm not going. I'll tell you the story later, but this yeah. lady started cursing God in like Hebrew through yeah. through tongues and didn't even know she was doing it like she's like she's i swear and this dude was there and he looked at her and he's like she's cursing god and i was like what and she's got her hands she's holding her hands up doing this like looking up in the sky saying tongues and he's like no dude like i'm jewish she's she's cursing god like she's saying this and he's like yelling at me saying what she's saying in english you know and i'm like dude it's making the hairs stand up on my arms right now thinking about it. I didn't last very long in the Pentecostal church either. You know, and I'm not saying it was them. Maybe it was that girl. I don't know, but it was crazy to me.
2: So I, yeah, I, I I saw people speaking in tongues as well. So what, what led me there um, was um, so I was, I came to this conclusion that like um, you know, churches were corrupt and you know, you see these mega churches and, um, people that are just in it to get rich and, you know, doing fake healings and stuff like that, you know, just doing all this entertaining side of it, you know, like a magic show. And God doesn't want you
3: to suffer. He wants you to have a G5 airplane, just like I do. I've got two (laughs) of them. God loves me, you
2: know? Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, for those listening who can't relate, like I'm still working with a framework of like, to have a spiritual connection or a spiritual outlet that is like in a church, like right. there is no other way. So like, that's, that was my mindset I had at the time. And um, so I was searching for a church and I had been looking up, you know, if there were any churches that, you know, were like pure or good. And sure, so yeah. I had come to the conclusion, like that would be like a house church, like someone that had a church out of their house you know, it was very small and community oriented, like, uh, like a family right. and, but also not a cult. So like, there's the trade up there. Like, can you avoid <laughs> that? But, uh, so I, I, I searched house churches in my town of Lincoln, Nebraska, and the Potter's house church came up, you know, not real or obviously it wasn't a house church, but I'm like, well, I read the pastor's story and we had a lot of commonalities um, so that intrigued me. And how long ago him. was this? Uh, this was in 2012. Okay. Oh, nice year. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh so I was, I was really into um the the book of Revelation at that time, you know, taking it very literally thinking it was lining up with the Mayan prophecies and the end of the world. um <laughs> December 21st, 2012, that came and went. And so I had a lot of fear, um, like within my um, conscience at this time, you know, just kind of that was like the overlying theme in my life and the decisions I was making, and everything like that. So that that drew me into this Pentecostal church that happened to be the Potter's house. Um, And I, you know, became really close with my pastor. Um, He was telling me about how he became a pastor in the first place. And it was through this uh, LSD experience. really. Um, Yeah, he was he was at a very rough period in his life, like living in a trap house in Michigan. And I just remember this key element of the story. Um, He said there was all this commotion and there was this, this chessboard on the table. He had been playing chess earlier and it flew off the table, landed directly on the floor with one piece still standing on it. And it was a white king. So he saw that as like a divine revelation or like a divine intervention in his life. of like. Was he on okay.
3: LSD when the chessboard flew off the table? Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So uh, that, that uh, really opened my eyes. I'm like, okay, like I had that first LSD experience I told you about, but I'm like, maybe there's something more here. I didn't discover that first time. I need to go back to it. And, uh, so that really intrigued me. And, you know, we were having private Bible studies. I was going to church every week, helping out a lot. And those Bible studies, I was asking him about the giants in the Bible and, you know, all these questions that I couldn't ask in Catholic school without getting ridiculed. So (laughs) that, that, that kind of kept me, um, going too. was just the camaraderie we had. Like I said, we had a lot of commonalities and, um, so I uh, had gotten the opportunity after about a year of going to the church uh, to uh, partake in LSD again with some buddies and uh, just kind of fell in my lap. And, you know, I, I was resistant at first, but my buddies reassured me, it's all going to be fine. You're not going to go to hell,
3: Andre. It's okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like talking to me that way. And uh, I was like, all right, all right, you're right. And, uh, i i am so thankful that i followed through with it and uh my my life changed ever since man um that really opened me up um to just the belief the realization the direct experience that we're all one like we're all of one source we're all of one energy like we're all just you know um split up, um, pieces, uh, magnified out of what, whatever you would want to call God or, uh, source creator, whatever that means to you. You, Um, Did you you witness
3: that during your trip
2: or did you feel it or what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt that throughout my whole being. It was like, a fucking kundalini awakening almost man um you know I, I wonder if that was um to me it sure felt like it i would call it a spiritual awakening um without saying my chakras were all blown wide open um it, so there was that um there was that uh insight that came through um looking up at the sky the whole sky was a geometrical grid Oh like wow. the yeah. flower of life pattern was um, like a whole grid in the skyline, um, it was like an invisible grid. It, it was crazy dude every and you know I, what
3: there there is an actual theory too that under un, that flower of life pattern and it goes back to Pythagoras it 's pretty much behind everything that we see it 's behind right. everything yeah, you right. might have and that 's so crazy when people go on psychedelic experiences, they see geometry right, right. they see geometry, and what is geometry in the mysteries and Um, Freemasonry, even all the way back to Pythagoras, is the great geometer, the grand architect of the universe. And so when people do acid or they do DMT or something like that and they see the geometry, maybe the mysteries aren't so far off. You know, 100%.
2: And uh, now that you mentioned that, I want to bring this up so I don't forget it. Um, (laughs) uh, I was just talking to Chris Bennett on my show recently, and he mentioned it mentioned it in his book something that i had been thinking about myself and i was wondering if anyone ever had the same thoughts i had on the subject but you know in the whole masonic tale of Hiram abiff um and this he had the sprig of acacia on the head of his tombstone um sprig of, or the acacia bush is very high in dmt and uh i i always thought that was uh Kind of crazy he put that on the head of his tombstone like literally over his third eye where uh dmt is said to be produced yeah and uh i thought that was a crazy connection and so uh chris bennett also made that connection in his book Library 420 Well, listen um,
3: both you guys i've never talked to chris bennett but both you guys should read uh manly p hall's occult anatomy of man right because he talks sure. about all that stuff all of our myths and religions like the bible itself because you were talking about uh how you interpreted revelations as literal which is yeah. a lot of where our fear comes from is the revelations right. the end times and stuff but once you once you start seeing through it like a veil like oh it's a it's an astrology book oh it's a right. a, a gematria book oh it's a chemistry book right and the, and uh in that book he talks about there are so many things in the bible that discuss what you're saying about uh, DMT or whatever coming down the spinal cord or oh, things yeah. that open our third eye, all this kind yeah. of stuff. Or, I mean, come on. I mean, Christ Jacob said slider. if I <laughs> be single, the whole body fills with light. Like, what did he mean by that? Well, you what know?
2: about in Genesis? I believe it's uh, 32 33. Uh, in the land of Pineal, Jacob met God face to face.
3: Yeah. That that
2: verse blew bye bye, brother.
3: (laughs) I used to ask my grandpa about that because he was really, uh, uh, but he was more like the Hebrew kind of. He, he didn't really believe in Christianity, but he really, he didn't really believe in Jewish. He was kind of in between. And I used to tell him, I, because he was into Bible codes and stuff, right? And I used to say, well, what about the pineal gland, the third eye? And he's like, that's the new age jargon bullshit, right? That's what he, and I'd say, but I'd say the same thing to you. I said, but, in order to see the face of god he you have to go to this place called pineal or pineal <laughs> pineal like, l- look that up with your codes and he tried to he tried to decode it and he couldn't he, he just said well it it just, it just keeps coming back to this pine cone i'm like mhm and what mm-hmm. part of your body represents a pine cone you know maybe the, the pineal, pineal gland <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you need to see god no it can't be it can't be and why can it be Like, why, why is it so hard? Why can't it be? How come we, that's how we
2: dream every night, bro. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, why can't we be released
3: (laughs) that maybe the people that wrote these books put that there on purpose? Like, why is that so hard to accept for some people? I wonder,
2: you know, and and that's, I I think it comes back to taking it literally and, or in one way or another, um, you know, maybe not necessarily literally in that case but you know seeing it just the way you want to see it rather than exploring alternative ideas or letting your mind wander you know and that was the case for me man it took me a while to like get out of that thinking but psychedelics were the tool that kind of broke me out of that framework and um you know, like I said, through that experience i'm I'm seeing my buddy talk to his ancestors. He was from South Sudan. he was like speaking in tongues like I was seeing in my services on Sundays in Pentecostal church, mm. and I'm like witnessing this like him you know um literally like talking to his ancestors in the fire, like it was fucking crazy <laughs> and i I was grounding in the grass and I uh climbed up in the tree and um you know I felt like a direct connection to uh you know like I'm one with the tree type of feel and uh you could feel like the vibrations moving uh as the leaves were blowing in the wind like you could just you felt feel that direct it, yeah. connection yeah and, um, you know, just what a miracle it is to breathe. And like this tree is giving me oxygen and like, these are just like giant weeds that sprouted out of the ground that are fucking giants. And, you know, we just take them for granted. We just walk by trees every day and don't really like take the time to appreciate it. Don't realize but, they're keeping you alive. huh? Right. Exactly. So yeah. that was like a mind blowing, like, Oh shit. Like I need to like keep gratitude in mind and like, you know, always keep that mindset alive every day I wake up. And um, there was a there was a time when we were walking, there was five of us. And uh, we were walking down this uh, back alleyway towards my house. And it was a rock alleyway. And uh, a couple of my buddies were barefoot. And I had flip flops on I think. And, you know, I was talking to my buddy who is barefoot. I'm like, you know, why do I have flip flops on? Like, why are you barefoot? And he's like, You don't need them, dude. I'm like, Yeah, I guess you're right. And then, uh, we talk you I out of your like,
3: clothes if you ain't careful. You don't need these <laughs> either. Yeah.
2: Right. Right. And I was yeah. like, Well, uh, I kind of feel like rutted. He's like, Why don't you? I was like, I don't know, man. I guess I could. <laughs> You had a forest gum moment and you started yeah, running. So I had a forest gum moment, dude. Started running. Felt just like that, that seated forest gum. Uh-huh. And it felt like I literally like broke some chains as I, I ran. And believe me, my my feet hurt the next day, like all bruised up, running on the rocks. But I I don't take I don't regret it for a minute, man. Like it was a huge breakthrough for me um internally. And um that's that's what really got me start to question, like, okay, like is, is this church thing really of my benefit? Is it my, of my highest good? Like, is it really helping me spiritually grow? I, well, yeah, that's a good I question. Could, I, I couldn't positively say yes to myself at that moment after this experience because I had just had this direct connection with the thing I was seeking externally up to this point in my life. Um, You know, very spiritually lost, just looking for some hope and, you know, an alternative to all the fear that I was surrounded in that I um, had continued to ingest, you know, through all the stuff I was looking into. And I needed a sort of balance, you know. Like if you don't have a balance along with all that dark shit, like sooner or later it's gonna take you over, man, <laughs> and like, you know, lead you to a deep depression, shit like that. Oh, do you? I've been battling that stuff my
3: entire life. Because yeah. the, the thing is, is uh, I, th- you know, I, I've realized that, I guess. Hebrew, the Hebrew mystics or whatever you want to call them, the Kabbalists, we have names for everything. They call religion the Dalet, right? Which is like the letter, the Dalet, which is the doorway. So religion was simply meant to be a doorway for us into the mysteries. And some people mm. stay there with their faith because they can't right. get past their fear. And that's mm. fine, right? But if you ever read Revelations, there's these, you know, how you get in the church and they're like, well, you're preaching works. We're saved from works and all this other stuff. And it's like, well, if you read Revelations, there's a couple of things that Christ is saying in there. Like, okay, for the people that don't know, (laughs) I'm going to save you, right? You can use my name, whatever. But for the people that do know, like you do know the wisdom, I'm going to hold you accountable. right? Right. And I started reading that, and that scared the hell out of me because I thought, man, as a truth seeker, like, if you start learning some deeper knowledge, you become more responsible, oh, yeah. according to the book of Revelations, right? You can't just right. run back to church and say, well, I, Jesus this and Jesus <laughs> that, right? You can't. I mean, you can always do that, right?
2: I felt that too, man. But, I feel exactly what you're saying.
3: But it, every time you make a breakthrough, is there's always that urge to run back and say, Jesus, help. I screwed mm. up. I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. But once I got to that point where, I, I don't know, man, it's like this voice that tells you, like, what are you talking about? I've been helping you the whole time. Keep going. Mm. You know? It's like, oh, well, I don't have to go back to church. I can if I want. Right. You have. You always have your faith. Right? Right. See, I right. think religion has a good purpose. I don't think it's, yeah. I think there's a lot of corrupt people in there for sure, and, and that's what we learned. Like you were talking about your story. You know, like your parents, you trust your parents and it's a scary life, right? Cause then you, your yeah. parents take you to this church they take you to school and they take you to church. Then you learn, you can't trust the school and then you get older and you learn, you can't trust the people in the church. And then you get older and you realize your parents are just as full of shit as you are. <laughs> right. And then you yeah. look and then you start looking into all the systems and governments and everything else. You can't trust them either. So I think. I honestly think all of the truth seekers out there are people that deal with fear through trying to understand what's true Mm -hmm. you know right where the other people just are dealing with fear based on an illusion they're not willing to give up
2: I completely agree with that statement
3: you know what I mean like I'm not I'm, I'm not saying faith is a lie but faith in what exactly
2: I think you gotta have faith in yourself first and exactly. foremost.
3: <laughs> yeah. The gray I am. Who which by the way was witnessed through a burning bush of acacia and through the place called Pineal and all this other places that you're exploring, right? right? So you're you're what you're doing now back in the day would be considered bad, brother. Oh yeah. Bad, bad. You know that, right?
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's what i've I've you know discovered in all the books i've read and <laughs> all the great documentaries i've watched along this journey man is like you know we were the original people that would have been you know burned for everyone to see or put, put in a chopping block like you know we were the uh, uh heretics oh know? yeah
3: most definitely yeah <laughs> i would have been and strung it, up a few times i can tell yeah, you yeah
2: and whether, whether that come up in a past life or whatever I don't know what you feel on inc- reincarnation but um that's another rabbit hole of its own you know um where that goes but have you had uh past
3: life experiences through your psychedelic um experiences have you felt oh, any yeah. of that
2: oh yeah really so um <laughs> i wanted to say so that that LSD experience was a major breakthrough for me and really got me started to realizing wow like um psychedelics um you know at first it was psychedelics could change the world and i still believe that um to a certain extent um i i I think you know it's important um how how we guide people into this like uh it is uncharted territory and uh you know i think set and setting is very important and uh the intention you're going into it with all all that stuff plays a role. Um, so, you know, we got to keep that in mind as, um, we go forward, but I do see us living in like a psychedelic Renaissance right now. And that's, oh. what that's another thing that gives me hope as far as, uh, the accessibility to these things that were, have been taboo for so long. And, uh, you know, cannabis was the first, uh, brick laid in that sense, I would add, because I think, you know, cannabis Uh, legalization has led to, you know, mushrooms being legalized. And, you know, you you already see ketamine therapy out there, but um, ayahuasca is being talked about more and more. And, you know, you can talk about the pros and cons of okay, like, you know, Join the BD team in Columbus, Nebraska. We're hiring for
1: multiple positions with sign-on bonus eligibility. Our comprehensive benefits plan starts for all employees on their first day, including low- or no-cost insurance plans for select positions, career growth opportunities, and more. BD is made for what's next in health and your career. Apply today at jobs.bd.com. That's jobs.bd.com. Struggling with CPAP? Now there's Inspire, the only FDA-approved obstructive sleep apnea treatment that works inside the body to treat the root cause of sleep apnea with just the click of a button. No mask, no hose, just sleep. Visit InspireSleep.com
2: to learn more. Um, There's places that ayahuasca should be held, you know, in the region that it's it's native to and um stuff like that like it shouldn't be in um it shouldn't know, be this selling country. It. yeah yeah on the street yeah. next
3: to walmart or something right
2: right, right. And that's that's rightfully so i agree with that but uh um,
3: but have you ever had like a bad a bad trip something that scared the hell out of you oh yeah good i want to hear about this because more,
2: time, more times than not brother
3: we have to talk about the shadow right we have to yeah. like we're at the we're at the top of the hour with uh, Andre Mitty, host of Ascension of the Chessmen. Calling numbers one 335 Look, if you've had one of these experiences too, or anything like that, you hear him or I talk about, chime in. It could be a psychedelic renaissance. I don't know. All right, everybody, make sure you go to contactatthecabin and sign up to get a ticket to the event, which is coming in February. It is limited. We're going to go to California as well as Mount Shasta. I'll be there with myself, uh, Owen Hunt, Brandon Powell, uh, and we may have some announcements coming up. I told you guys I got to get with Darren and talk about what's going on with that, but um, go ahead and put your deposits down to go to. I want to thank you guys that just made recent donations, also grabbing something from Lighting the Void shop as well, and our new uh, station sponsor which is foodforceabundance.com. Go to foodforceabundance.com, put in the code word FRINGE, and you get 5% off on any of their plans, any of their blueprints, any products that they have there to sell, so that you can start growing your own food and becoming more self-reliant and healthier. We have uh, Andre Mitty here, host of Ascension of the Chessmen, and I think it's just getting interesting because we've talked about um, your religious upbringing, your first psychedelic experiences, all of this stuff we're getting into the book of revelations, which is one of my favorite subjects, but we got to talk about the dark stuff, like how, you know, uh, you just heard Jess's report. You're right. There is a Renaissance happening. The government's already trying to get their hands in it with the pharmaceutical companies, like trying to microdose you through nasal spray and stuff. So it's coming. (laughs) All right. right? It's the next thing on the, I guess you could say the drug list. It's cannabis. Now it's mushrooms and stuff, but, do you think people are ready for that? Cause there is like, there are dark things like we were mentioning before the
2: break that you have to deal with that are all your own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's not, I, I, I want to start off by saying too, it's not for everybody, but um, you know, something like ayahuasca um, really revolutionized, re- revolutionized the, the way I saw these medicines. I mean, You know after that breakthrough on lsd i would have many mushroom journeys after that um that were um crazy a lot of great insights um you know a lot of shadow work a lot of uh you know dark stuff came up like literally feeling like i was possessed or other people were possessed really and like exercising demons like getting them out the window So, you know, I had a lot of this uh, programming still in me from growing up in the church. And, um, you know, one day my girlfriend at the time, um, she showed me, uh, or she had told me that she was going to do ayahuasca for the first time. And I like, didn't believe her. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, are you flying the Amazon? Like what's going on here? And uh, she found this place in Orlando, Florida. Uh, called soul quest and so she went down there before me and um she uh you know came back uh completely different person um you know is that that when she
3: broke up with you after she got back from this thing (laughs) right Uh,
2: yeah i mean uh we we were already on on the brink of breaking up before she even went um, you know, she was, um, struggling with alcohol and, uh, prescription drugs at the time. Okay. And, uh, so, you know, she was trying to get off of those. She had heard, you know, many positive stories about people getting off pharmaceuticals and, you know, al- being alcoholics, um, you know, just, uh, healing their inner child, stuff like that, you know, just a lot of, um, crazy healing stories and, um, um, you know, it it was, I I don't mean to say like it happened overnight, but there was just something different about her. Like her energy was different. She was talking differently. Um, and you know, it would be a process of integrating that experience that would continue on. Um, and you know, just before we broke, broke up, she was like, you know, I'll pay for half of the retreat. If you go down with me. Oh, she Um, was, so she wanted you to go too, huh? Yeah. So she, she wanted me to go again um so she was going for the second time and it was my first time and uh you know it was it was a crazy eye opening experience man um you know i was given rape for the first time which was a uh, sacred tobacco um snuff that you shoot up your nose uh the shamans do it for you but uh that felt like a shotgun shell to the back of the brain, like right, right out the gates. Cause we got there a night early. So I was just getting warm up to the place and I was like, damn, like, <laughs> that, they're getting you warm- I, it, yeah, they're getting yeah. You warmed up
3: right now. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. You.
2: And it wasn't psychedelic, but um, it like tobacco is definitely a plant medicine too. And I think that's something that's kind of been lost in our culture more so or um, just colonization i guess you could say of just you know abusing tobacco more than you know treating it like a medicine and in indigenous cultures and such um so anyways get getting into the journey part um you know at first man like um i was just looking around at everybody and uh because there's a lot of people there there was like 65 people and uh I, I see this guy, like he's like uh, yelling out in all these languages. I literally think he's possessed and I suddenly see all the volunteers rush rush towards him and he's like kicking them and like forcefully trying not to let them touch him. he's flipping out,
3: huh? I yeah. It. Yeah. Okay.
2: Like 10 feet from me. And, you know, my journey's just getting started. And, uh, you know, so I'm like freaked out, like what the fuck, like, Am, am I in hell right now? Like, am, uh, did you just drop cult? into like, all the hell, like <laughs> yeah, into demons? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, I guess. So uh, during this whole experience, like the overlying um, duality of it was, for a while, man, I was the devil. Like, I, I was that um, identity we've created or that idea of what the devil is. Like, Whoa. I was that. And, you know, I had horns and, like, everything. You and became then, Satan. <laughs> literally. And then uh, I was God later on, and I felt like I was in control of other people's journeys. And, you know, um, I, I felt like my ego was really coming out. That's what it really was. Right. was my ego was in control. And uh, it was like this overarching duality of God versus the devil going on, of, like, still dealing with that programming and way of thinking and then the second time i would go to drink ayahuasca um so i i battled with this same duality but it came in different archetypes it was like uh a father abrahamic god versus mother earth mother gaia like this feminine goddess energy sophia you know uh and it just came down to it was divine masculine divine feminine but, you know, it was like this push and pull within me of like having to choose one. Like my parents are getting divorced or something. Like I got to pick a side. And then the other one's getting jealous because I'm picking wow. a side.
3: Wow. So, like, so this journey was taking you on like polarities between everything between yeah. dark, good, and evil, God, Satan, male, female. Like yeah. it was just jerking you back and forth between the poles, huh?
2: Yeah. And I, I feel like it's all within myself, you know, like that's all my own programming I'm working through. And, you know, you got to learn to navigate through the medicine as well and completely surrender. Cause you know, if you're stuck in the fear mode, if you're stuck in trying to control the experience, then you're going to have a really rough time. And I think the same can be said about life. Like if you don't surrender and that's where I think faith comes in, man, uh, just in the fact that surrendering to having faith in yourself that it's all going to work out for your best your highest good and uh yeah you got to put the action in to get there but um i feel like there is some predestined uh feels to life in certain senses and I, i think that can be argued either way but um you know it's it's crazy to me how those two experiences tied together and then um the third journey uh was a solo mushroom journey i had um on 5 grams 5 grams of mushrooms in silent darkness and it was like this overarching theme of duality versus unity uh or non-duality and uh you know just learning to surrender to the mystery uh realizing um that you know all <laughs> like it's all one at the end of the day like yeah, it is duality, but that's just the frame we see it through. Um, but you know, it's, it's all this false falsely created division and, you know, Terrence McKenna always said to, um, you know, take that heroic dose of five grams in silent darkness. And I put a lot of intention into it. You know, I, I, you know, was very careful of what I listened to that week as far as you know what was in my subconscious mind in the <laughs> yeah. uh, recent past you weren't listening and, to any uh
3: danzig or cannibal corpse beforehand <laughs> right. Or anything right
2: no <laughs> and uh so it, it was like a seamless experience man from like sober to um you know truly breaking through um fully surrendering and um you know it was like an akashic record in my mind of like it was like this library with all these books and uh there was a a ladder it was like a it was like a circular shape and it was like a spindle ladder you could just like push around the room and you could climb yeah you could climb up uh the ladder and like go go to any book and it would like take you to a memory or um you know you could look up any answer to any question you had to ask so, you know, I'm just sitting there like, uh, having a, a conversation, I guess with my higher self, I would call it, um, of just like asking all these questions. Like, did you, know, you take going, five grams? Yeah.
3: Oh my uh, God, bro.
2: And tea, um, I, I feel that's the best way to take them for the, for the longest time. I had a lot of resistance to mushrooms cause I'd always get like stomach rot, but I think there's something to be said about that and how that relates to your inner resistance, and your own, you know, trying to control it, you know, just um, oh yeah, you, you can bet your ass if you take five grams, tendency. you're
3: not controlling nothing after that.
2: No, <laughs> they dissolve all boundaries, man, and uh, that's what they did for me, um, and you know, help help me to rewrite um, some of the frameworks that I was working with for a long time that really weren't weren't serving me anymore, and um, I felt were holding me back, you know, just coming to the realization, um, you know, talking Christianity of like, you know, we're waiting for, uh, the, the guy that died on the cross to resurrect and, um, you know, come save us again. Um, and we have to repent before doing so. Right. But, That allows us to like wait as long as possible, delay the process to like change ourselves to like you know be the change we wish to see in the world. You know, take that action to like change our addictions, whatever it may be that may may be plaguing us, like carrying our own cross, bro.
3: Yeah, that's right. See, that's I was just fixing to say the exact same thing you just said because we don't look at that as a metaphor, right? Like when he says, "I am with you always," right? Lo, I am with you always. I'm coming back and all this stuff. And he's going to come down on a white horse. Like they don't see the astrological correspondences to it, that it could be a metaphor for you opening up your consciousness to the, I am right here right now, you know? And so when it says in the Bible, like the land will flatten out and people will rise from their graves and all this other stuff, people literally believe the earth's going to roll out flat. Everyone's going to come out of their graves. It's when you reach that unity consciousness, That's what he's talking about when the third eye sees through the veil of the illusion. Right. And you see everything, everybody, we're all connected. You get to that Christ consciousness, (laughs) then you reach divine revelation. It's not like after you die and you know, you're either going to go to heaven or hell. Like all that stuff is happening now, right Right now, now. you know, it's it's right now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's another point I wanted to bring up. That was evident from that LSD journey on man of just like, you have no choice once you surrender to be fully present in the moment, in this now moment, which is a fucking gift. I mean, it's called yeah. the present,
3: <laughs> right? Yeah.
2: yeah. Exactly. And uh, you know, it, it, you have no distractions at that point. Like nobody's sitting on their phone on a psychedelic experience. You know, like we we don't have any other time but now. You know, we're not thinking about oh, we got a podcast tonight, or oh, we got this or that. You know we are fully present and it removes all distraction and it really allows you to tap in you know what all the all the people are pointing to and all these traditions you know they they all have different ways of saying it and you know that's just the kind of um conclusion mm. i've came to is all religions are just you know many rivers to the same ocean yes, you know they're yeah. They're all Many are, the same how did they story uh, in different ways. Doctor Steleonas Tesla says it the same way
3: you just did. He's but he says that they're all jewels on the same like necklace or something like they're all diamonds and pearls, right? So we look at religion like it's bad and corrupt. Well, everything's bad and corrupt because we got people in it. But the teachings that lead you to God, in my opinion, whether it's Catholicism, even Muslim teachings, Gnosticism, Christianity, Jewish, whatever. Like it's all leading you to that oneness. It's all leading you to God, you know, it's the doorway, man.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I'm thankful I did grow up in the church, but yeah, I, I I think, you know, there's so much to be said about, you know, ayahuasca, for example, like I've, I've met so many, uh, people, well, many people that I've met personally, like that I've met at, uh, the retreats that I did go to, you know, they said they came there an atheist and they left believing in yes, <laughs> there's something bigger. <laughs> like there is, a, this isn't all random. And, uh, you that's know, a, there dude, is that's, more meaning here. That's beautiful.
3: Like yeah. the church, isn't the only way that you can find that right. Like right. maybe I came to move to Florida for a, a different reason than I thought. I didn't know there was a church <laughs> down here. 30 yeah. miles from me that I could go to. Cause now I want to do ayahuasca. You think I should go to that place, dude? Is it, is it where you went?
2: Yeah, I can set you up, man. Cool. Uh, yeah. We can talk after the show more, but yeah, I'd love to help you out, man. Of course um, it's in
3: Orlando. Everything then, is in Orlando.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. There's a huge plant medicine community down there, man. I think it's continuing to grow and um you know i i think that's what it's about is just us you know breaking down these barriers of division and that's kind of what i put into my show was you know something that i witnessed firsthand through these experiences you know and people say that oh they they aren't real or you were just tripping out or whatever but you know no one can take that away from you that's something you always have to look back on in life like that is a direct experience you have whenever you're in the face of you know, ridicule or, you know, people not believing you like it or doesn't believe matter. in you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It doesn't take away from your experience. And, um, you know, Terrence McKenna was a heavy influence. Um, Listen to many of his lectures and uh, Graham Hancock's uh, TED talk on uh, the war on consciousness, which actually got banned. Uh, he was talking about his experiences with ayahuasca And how it changed his relationship with cannabis and, you know, kind of built a deeper respect for it rather than just abusing it, you know, kind of like a a woman in a relationship, you know, like you wouldn't want to abuse her, you would want to treat her with respect, you know, as Jesus said, you know, treat everyone the way you want to be treated, you know, and, um, you know, Graham Hancock talked about
3: ways, women and men, though, right? yeah,
2: Yeah, both ways both ways don't mean yeah. to frame it like that
3: yeah 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 yeah. well just society's, based on the, society's framed it like that trust me but it, abuse happens on both ends i, I can i tell just you use for that example.
2: analogy because you know mary jane uh the feminine energy associated with c- cannabis
3: well I, i'm only saying that because i've i've been the abused and the abuser so i know right. like I've right. i've been on both sides of that coin you know it's like, like i've never beat up a girl or anything but i've definitely called her a bitch you know what i mean so that's still abuse you you
2: know (laughs) verbal abuse verbal abuse is verbal abuse that's something that's something ayahuasca taught me too man um you know um graham hancock talked about uh the judgment hall of osiris uh where our souls are weighed in the presence of gods um
3: yeah weighed against the scales
2: Yeah. yeah and um you know that was that was really apparent too um I felt like I was being buried alive as a pharaoh uh in Egypt uh, throughout my experience uh, I felt like what it was like not to have legs empathizing with my father's injury wow um um you know just struggling with the indecisiveness um cuz I was in resistance um just trusting my intuition to simply go sit by the fire cuz I was on the patio like on this concrete pad you know, but there is I have like this concrete jungle ideology in my head of like, well, I'm not truly connected to the earth because I'm on this piece of rock on top of the soil. And you know, uh, so it was this resistance just to sit closer to the fire. And the other side of me was like, Well, you're already sitting by the fire, and you know, I, I was just being indecisive. So it was just like this crazy lesson of how indecisive I am in life and how much I second guess myself and learning. That's to a ca- bad catch place, myself. isn't
3: it? Indecision. Yeah. yeah Robert Monroe Definitely. talked about that, um, that he believes that indecision and maybe you can tell me this with your ayahuasca experiences that place. But so there's this, I've talked about this too with uh, the other, um, host, uh, Brandon Thomas, like there's that yeah. place where, an energy wants something to change and another energy doesn't want something to change. It's kind of like an Mm. election, right? You know, some people want the new others. Don't, they don't want the change. So there's this energy and there's this place of indecision and stuckness. We come into it when we make decisions in our life all the time. Yeah. The longer you stay there, the more negative and toxic and lower the vibration gets for some reason, right? It's better just to make a damn decision and then adjust then stay in that place of indecision right but we've been taught by the outside world the mirror world that has judged us so much that every time we come to a decision we've been taught that we're not good enough to make our own decisions we need someone else to do it for us or we're going to be judged somehow or whatever right like it's like i told you like i've been i've been a bastard in my life i still have up to this day sometimes but we're not going to learn anything without making decisions without
2: experience you know exactly we're not
3: gonna learn anything
2: without it so completely agree yeah and um the beautiful thing ayahuasca uh really um revolutionized my view on plant medicine man was just the fact that i had never seen integration um like circles or sessions alongside, you know, plant medicine journeys, you know, um, just, you know, getting them through the black market and, you know, taking your own journey, however you got to do it. Um, you know, you're not given like a, uh, a roadmap of how to get to your, your destined place. You know, you you just got to figure it out yourself and, you know, use the resources you have available. And, uh, you know, that can be tricky. And, uh, so ayahuasca made me realize like how important um, the therapy is alongside with it of just like, you know, talking about, okay, yeah, you, you've seen monsters or you've seen lizard people, whatever <laughs> crazy shit you saw. Like, what's the underlying meaning beyond that? Like what's beyond that archetype? And uh, is there any, you know, any,
3: anything that you question now that you wonder what the underlying meaning is to from all your experiences? you haven't figured out
2: all the time man really all the time just just continually like reframing um you know the way the way i look at things and um just being open to all possibilities because i i feel like that's that's what keeps us stuck is like as soon as we come to a disagreement with someone like conversations over like we turn our backs and it's over but like can't we get past that and like agree to disagree momentarily? that would be nice
3: wouldn't it and still respect and jump, each other yeah yeah yeah
2: it's still fucking be human beings here
3: yeah right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be totally nice but uh that never well i'm not gonna say never i think we're getting there we're getting there right, right? Uh, Andre <laughs> midi is our guest tonight host of Ascension of the Chessman. You can uh, go check out that show on any podcast player. Just search Ascension of the Chessman. You can go to Alt Media United as well. We'll be right back. Last segment of the show. The phone lines are open too. 1-800-588-0335. Right here live on the Fringe FM. Stay with us. All right, 1-800-588-0335 is the call-in number. Someone just called in and hung up, I guess, Uh someone from florida you can call back if you want to talk uh, to us on the show andre mitty's here with us we've talked about all kinds of stuff man religion ayahuasca you name it the catholic church revelations uh 2012 i'm just naming some things that we talked about tonight but you know you know what uh i think the cool part about this whole journey is uh when i was talking to you about during break is that like we need to well I think there is a movement in spirituality when people talk about shadow work that a part of that shadow work is like what you were talking about to me just now during break is realizing your self-worth and you have to battle some demons to go through that. Like things are going to come to you in your life to really bring out the best and the worst of you, you know? And uh, I think that's what I've come to realize, like is – you have everyone's to have your teacher dude. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's your teacher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you have to, it, it doesn't matter I'm what playing. they do to you. It doesn't matter if they love you or they hurt you. Like you're going to realize who you are. That's what yeah. you should take away from it. Like who you really are. If you yeah. leave like if you leave a situation and you feel less of a person or less than something, you should, you shouldn't and if you do then that's something you needed to work on to begin with right right so it shows that in you you know
2: yeah it's it's having the ability to empathize with others place yourself in their shoes and you know look at it from their point of view too and like you know get outside of yourself and uh you know see your part to play in whatever it may be because oftentimes we get lost in pointing the finger at someone else and you know there's three pointing back at us every time we do that and like when we get triggered by others, like it's a constant process of growth, man. It's like not doing the same behavior or like reacting with the same fire. They're spewing out at you back because, you know, that's where our power comes from. Cause like when we, when we fire back, I feel like we're just losing. We're just, it's like, you know, we're losing our loose. Like we're giving our energy. It's draining
3: as hell for real. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to have a situation where it, where it felt like, someone was literally stabbing me and going, look what you made me do. <coughs> look what you made me do. <laughs> right. And then it's like, what, you know, like, like you don't have any empathy for me. <coughs> look what you made me do. And I'm like, and I snapped, right? So I snapped like I've never snapped before more than once. But, it, yeah. but then it's like when, it, when it's all over and you breathe a little bit, it's kind of like God going, yeah, well, how do you feel about yourself now? right (laughs) you see what i mean because you feel like a piece of shit afterwards it doesn't matter if you you know a lot of people will say well i defended myself and i you know this or whatever like i'm i'm worth this or i'm worth that but the thing is is like if you really were worth that and you thought you were worth that would you have ever even been in that situation to begin with
2: yeah and you know it comes down to like codependency and um you know it I don't know how much you've discussed inner child work on your your show but I think that's that's what's behind the shadow is the inner child you know that that was built there to protect you at a young age and get you through very emotionally tough, you know, physically tough times um on so many levels man and you know it, every time we react in that same way from that original uh trauma event you know it's it's like a programming that is just Playing through in our lives until we uh, change it, you know, and start to, you know, catch it as it comes up, you know, waiting to respond versus instantly reacting. You know, we live in a, a instant gratification culture where, you know, it's constant notifications on our phone. Like, we we got to drive through a place to get our food faster. Like, everything is like immediate. You know, uh, satiating our our pleasures at every corner. Yeah, exactly. If, if we desire,
3: do you what know? you got to do to feel better. You can do it right, right now. And we've got the answer right, right. now, you know, all right. the time. So you don't have to deal with yourself. You can go get it down the street. You can put it in your stomach, whatever. I and mean, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. And those demons kind of like fester. I think they are in a way demons, you know, like uh sure. talks about these like elementals that we create. So every time we think something or we have an emotion or we think something like lizard people, for example, it's the lizard people, whatever they're making me do it. Well, that energy form actually goes into the astral realm. Like we created that thing and it, we can't destroy it. So it's an egregore that stays there, you know? And now people that like go either astral travel or have psychedelic experiences or whatever, they see all this shit that we've created in this place. You know, I'm sure you can know what I'm talking about. You've probably experienced a lot of, you were just talking about it. God, Satan, all this stuff, you
2: know? Yeah. I I was a lizard for a bit too, man. It like, it was like, it was crazy, dude. I was stuck in like repeating the same series of events uh, for the rest of eternity. Like that's the realm I was stuck in of like, all right, this is, this is my life. And it's just a dead end wreck. And, you know, it's never going to change. This is all it's going to be, you know, my it's life all is your a failure. Worth. You're just yeah, a failure. Like, yeah. Just, it was all crumbling down. Like my ego was just breaking down a uh, little by little. And, uh, you That's know, I good. was finally able to break through that man and realize like, no, that isn't me. Like I, my ego took the driver's seat, like, you know, to cover up and protect me, um, from traumatic events in my life at a young age. And, you know, we all have that, um, You know, some of us are raised in different ways where we don't have as much traumas and, you know, there's other setbacks in life or challenges that are built in to guide us and uh, ultimately help us grow to our true potential. Um, You know, just learning to trust the process, have patience with yourself and other people. Um, You know, take help when you need it. That's something I've really struggled with. Me too, man. People pleaser, you know. Always, always pouring my cup out for other people, but, you know, being left with the empty cup and learning, you can't pour from an empty cup, man. Like you got to, you know, take time for yourself and, you know, always not feel obligated to return an email or a phone call as soon as you get it, man. Sometimes you just don't have the time. No you know, doubt about sometimes.
3: that, dude. Like, uh, I get, I'll tell you about that after this call or two, but that's been another big thing for me, bro. And let's see, uh, 248 two, area code from, uh, looks like, Michigan. You're on the air. Who's speaking with? Awesome.
0: This is Brent.
3: What's up, Brent?
0: Hey, Brent. How are you doing, Jill?
3: I'm good, brother.
0: I just want to congratulate your child on graduating high school. Oh, thanks, man. That was a big struggle for me, man. High school? Yes, I was in special ed math and I hated math.
3: Right. So you had a but, hard time, uh, huh?
0: Yeah, I hated math class. Um I have a question. I have actually two questions for you. All right, shoot. How is uh I was I was looking at the programming and uh it appears there's a, a conflict of scheduling with uh Jess Rogie's programming. So is there gonna be any like uh <laughs> so how's that gonna work?
3: Je- Jess is gonna be on after <laughs> me five days a week. It starts June the 20th. We're still fixing so what everything. what
0: time are you going to be on
3: Eastern? Same time. Same time? Yeah. No conflict. Okay. All right. What's your next question, brother?
0: I've been drinking a little bit, so that yeah, confused I me.
3: I can tell. It's okay. We all drink from time to time. I had a beer tonight. All right.
0: God bless you. Um, I was really hoping that you would have Jonathan Kana. He he is publishing a new book called Return of the God.
3: Listen, do you? I'm I'm going to say something. I'm going to say it nicely because I love you. You've you know you've asked me and called into the show. This is like the sixth time you've asked me to have Jonathan Connor on. You know I'm working on it, right? Yep. Okay. All right. Can you give me a little bit of a break and let me work on it?
2: Have some faith.
3: Have faith in me, brother. Is he not being nice about it? I don't know. When he answers me, I'll let you know. Any, anything else Do you need me to work on it <laughs> no dude i'll get him on the show man <laughs> sure. all right thanks for your call brother don't don't drink yourself too into a stupor though we love you you know i love drink you some water i gotta i gotta talk to my guest though we only got 10 minutes thanks brother he calls in like twice a week he's like get jonathan con on i'm like jesus christ i will man like you know you, you got to watch out for that stuff, dude. Demanding. Yeah.
2: They're awful, like,
3: demanding of me, you know?
2: I love them, but forgive them, Father. They know not what to do. <laughs> <laughs> now,
3: Brent, Brent's cool, man. He, he, he's, he's helped the show out a lot. It's just I think he forgets that he's asked that question a lot. Right? Well, I mean, Jonathan oh, Cullen talks you. about the end yeah, of the world, I and I think it's because we're talking about revelations. And, dude, here's another thing when it comes to, like, shadow work. I have no idea why our society is fascinate, so fascinated with our own doom, but we are. Right. Why right. are we so fascinated with our own doom?
2: This is something I wanted to get into. And I think we saw a lot of this the last two years. You know, it stems from people's fear of death. You know, it's a, a naturally given or born into belief, um, you know, whether that's programmed into us at a young age or not. Um, you know, I, I think we, we all struggle with that. Um, and, um, psychedelics, um, allow you to have that, um, that
3: doom experience.
2: <laughs> well, it's, it's that hero's journey, man. It's, yeah. it's that, you know, um, like in Shawshank redemption, he has to, you know, climb through a, a mile of shit to get oh, to yeah. That's a good heaven movie. on the other side. You know, it's, it's It's a very deep lesson man and it's 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 uh embodied in every religion of that death and rebirth process you know rising from the ashes of your old self and um you know it it's very symbolic of like an ego death but a, a, it feels like a literal death in the experience um so you you have to you know come to grips with the fact that you're gonna die someday and you know your life up to that point um you know are you okay with how you lived it? Are you okay with the choices you made? Are you okay with how you treated people? I mean, all this is weighing on your conscience. And, um, you know, you're you're really um, having to go through all that and the experience. And, you know, I go to Sweat Lodge every week here locally. I'm blessed to be a part in that. And, um, you know, that whole experience and tradition is uh, symbolic of going back into your mother's womb and uh, being reborn again, um, you know, um, so you can be purified and go back to that state of innocence, you know, where we started. And, um, you know, I think psychedelics have the power to, you know, bring up those experiences and allow you to sit with, um, you know, your thoughts about death and the anxiety you have towards it, and really give you comfort, um, if you're able to, you know, get through that experience and surrender to it, um, it really empowers you afterwards. And do you it's think really it's, empow- it has
3: it's something given? to do with the
2: ego too? Oh yeah. Because Hopefully. like, th-
3: that's what I think about, right? Like, and I know it's my ego, but if I think about death, it's, it's not just, well, how did I treat people? That's, that's a given, right? We all want to know that, but it's also like when Joseph Daniel Roop dies, nobody gives a shit right like mm-hmm. joseph daniel roop the individual disappears maybe a few people will talk stories about the experiences they had with him right but other than that who gives a shit millions of people die all the time right and when you think about that as yourself we all move around it's it's a weird paradox right cuz we're we're supposed to believe we're these creators of god and we need to find our divine purpose we have these big expectations of ourselves here on this right. earth you know and right. then we could walk across the street get hit by a bus and in 2 weeks we're forgotten
2: right well you know you know i i think uh you know immortality can be found in your legacy and you know what you left here in the physical I mean, you know, you have a podcast, man, and that's never going to be removed. I now mean, you know what I've done? It. It's all for my ego. It's all <laughs> for my ego. <laughs> Dude, it's it's no, it's I'm a beautiful sorry. thing. You know, I um, uh, an artist I like, Ab Soul, he, he he talks about that a lot in his music of how he'll live on through his music, you know, and um, I think, you know, art is a powerful um uh almost like timeless thing in that and um the way it can you know make people live on long after they're gone Brother, and uh you nailed it man
3: this will, the, i tell look everybody look at the
2: bible look yeah, at the bible exactly man, <laughs> man. i tell
3: everybody's like well i'm thinking about doing a podcast i'm thinking about doing a blog i'm thinking about doing a youtube channel i'm thinking 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 i like stop thinking and do it because you have something to offer the world. I don't care. There's something you have to offer Mm -hmm. the world. And if you don't put it out there, we're not going to have it in our worldly archives to witness whatever it is, you know, whatever you went through. I mean, I know a person that has written
2: the world isn't complete without you.
3: Exactly, man. And I know a person that has written things from the dark side point of view. Like you see all these, uh, articles about narcissism and shit, right? Yeah. Well, I've re- read this article that no one really even knows. I don't even think they posted it about how they know that they've done narcissistic things, and they explain like the whole that whole side of what they went through to to become that thing, you know. And it was super eye opening to me. It wasn't just us pointing our finger going narcissist, right? Like it was a person saying, "Hey, I got to this way." Because these things happened in my life, you know, and I'm, and I was like, dude, put that crap on the internet, like make a podcast about it, like do it. So it'll help some people, you know, anything.
2: And that's what I see it as, man. It's like, it's our offering, you know, it's our gift we're giving away. I think that's the beauty of life is, you know, once you realize what your gift is, then you get to give it away. (laughs) Like that's the paradox of it. It's not, you know, you got this gift. Now you can like hoard it and like keep it for yourself and, you know, become all powerful yourself so you can take advantage of others even more. And, you know, be a worse person than you already were. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's well, such I look, a paradox.
3: for what your example, here's the perfect example of what Andre's talking about. I look on the paranormal radio app, right. Which is kind of like the talk stream live of our type of genre of radio. You got yeah. John B. Wells, George Norrie, Art Bell, Clyde Lewis, and The Fringe FM. We're number five. Clyde's four. Art Bell's number three. How's that even possible? He's dead. He's been dead for years. Right. He's he's still number three, bumping up against live radio hosts. He's still, you know, like killing it way past his death because he was so good at what he did. And expressing who he was and having those shows, that dude loved radio, man, and you could hear it in every one of his shows. And yeah. ten years, I bet ten years after he's dead, he'll still be in the top five on that channel, you yeah. know,
2: if not longer. They we're getting know? beat
3: by a dead guy, but then again, so is Clyde, right? So is George Norrie. That's crazy. You see what I mean?
2: Yeah, it, it, it feeds to what I was saying, dude. And you know, you know, you, you can you can put on any artist that's passed. And, you know, it's like they're there with you in that moment when you're listening. You know, music's nostalgic in that way. And, you know, like uh, Bob Marley's Redemption songs, one that really sticks out to me. Like that is one of the most timeless songs I've ever heard in my life. And, Which one is it? Uh you know, Redemption song the by Redemption? Bob Marley. Yeah. And, you know, talking about um, why do why do they kill our prophets while we stand aside and look. Some say it's just a part of it. They've got to fulfill the book, you know, talking about uh, very wealthy uh, religious people, religious people at the very top that, uh, you know, orchestrate these events, play out the revelations on the world stage. Yeah, Christ called
3: them harbingers of hell, the Pharisees and Sadducees. And if you look up what that is, those are the little guys wearing the caps and the priest caps, writing all the laws and the books. Right. the harbingers of hell just think about that for a minute christians right and you use the bible as a source of ultimate truth that it, and that's another thing i can't stand like i love i'm i grew up christian i'll always have it in my blood you know it'll always be a part of me but when i have a discussion with anybody and they say well the bible says and that's supposed to trump the discussion the second they say that right, right? So they they made a the quote from an old scroll so no one can argue anymore right and yep. it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah there goes the walls yep. we can't have a discussion anymore
2: yeah you know? yeah i've laid my, i've drawn my line in the sand and that's it this is the way it is and that's all ego talk man yeah. and like christ christ the the character of christ was not living through the ego man he was he was living through the soul, the spirit, that divine spark, you know, he was that that presence of, you know, the Kundalini awakening, right. you know, climbing up Jacob's ladder and, you know, uh, the Christos oil be, being fully utilized, you know, uh, he was re- fully realized. And, uh, you know, what really um, did it for me, man, was I, I really got more into the Bible and like studying it more after I left the church than me when too. I was in it. Me too. Yeah, Yeah. and I I highlighted every single word attributed to Jesus. It's anywhere from eight hundred to a thousand words. It's argued, and there's eight hundred thousand words in the Bible. So to put that in perspective for those following, you know, being Christian followers of Jesus, you know, keep that in perspective and like get to the heart of the message that you're following. Because if you read the the heart of Jesus's message, I think, you know, it's it's don't be a don't be a fucking asshole. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's a, just be a fucking good person. Yeah, you know? right.
3: yeah. well, uh, speaking of which, we got to get out of here. And I think you're a good person, bro. And I think what you're doing is great, man. Uh, ascension of the chessmen. I, I can see it getting even bigger, brother. And I'm glad to have you a part of the fringe family and glad to have you on the show and uh, maybe we can do it again sometime brother
2: for sure brother anytime thank you, you
3: guys uh we'll be back tomorrow night same time same channel go check out his podcast ascension of the chessmen subscribe to it give him a follow uh it's rather new so we need all the follows and subscriptions we can get to support everybody here on the fringe fm so we can keep this thing a rolling you guys keep walking in the void sweet dreams night night